back everyone to the Xamarin Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in Xamarin development. I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Pierce Bogan. Oh my goodness, Pierce, it's been way too long. It's been like two weeks since we last uh, talked, and I miss you, buddy. I miss you. I miss you too. What have you been up to? Oh, geez. Uh, it's been a pretty crazy uh, last two weeks, I would say. Lots of travel. We had a big internal conference in Vegas. It was like ridiculous, like 30,000 some odd people. Uh, that was really cool. I got to do some of the keynote stuff, which was pretty rad. Um, and uh, I was at uh, and DevCon, which is out in DC, which was cool. I got to talk a lot about the embedinator and forms embedding and a lot of the cool kind of tech that may be interesting to Android developers, um, in addition to just, you know, native Xamarin development and things like that. So that's been pretty fun. Um, and now this week we have a big at Microsoft, we're always doing something. It's like you, we're always tinkering with something. We're always hacking on something. We're always having a conference somewhere. And this is kind of my favorite week. Uh, we call it one week. And it's not really like a secret because I think a long time ago we used to promote this. But also, if you just drive around campus, you'll see all these big banners and flags and all this stuff. But one week is like a big internal hackathon where just people can go and hack on things and do whatever they want. And really cool projects have come from that and a lot of case studies too. Um, now, I don't get to hack on things. Unfortunately, I wish I did, but I get to run a booth where I get to tell developers all about awesome stuff like our live player, which is which is super cool, which I've been hacking on and I cannot wait for a new, 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 new release later on uh, when, when I get it all finished. So that, that's me. It, it's been busy, Pierce. It's been busy. How's Boston? Boston's good. I've been preparing moments for this week's Hack Week, so I'm going to go back through, use a little forms embedding action, uh, play around with some of the Azure service. I used to be really in tune with all the things that are happening in Azure, and now they're like releasing things like every day. So I have absolutely no idea like all the new stuff. So I need to play with like Document DB, going to play with some functions, going to play with little notification hubs, Mobile Center, which we'll talk about later. All this, all this tech I need to play with. So this is my perfect opportunity to go and and take an app that I built two years ago, completely rewrite it, and use all these awesome new services. Oh, and Azure B2C too. So yeah. use all the services in my app, basically. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. It's it's always hard to it's not only just hard to keep up with everything going on in the iOS and Android space, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. But just to keep up with yeah everything happening in the clouds, all these other cool services. I mean. Um, yeah, I feel like even understanding, like often people, you know, they will talk about document or not document DB, but Cosmos DB now, right? And Cosmos DB is like the evolution of document DB, but it's much more than a NoSQL solution. It's like this graph and it's like all this stuff together. It's really crazy to like kind of put together. So it's, it'll be interesting once like we start to use it more and start blogging about it more in the different use cases pertinent for for Xamarin developers. So it'll be it'll be quite interesting. And so I'm glad that you get to hack on something. You get to hack on this all week. Yeah. So I think I'm going to I think we have to submit our projects on Wednesday. So today I'm just kind of going to go through all this, all the different services, get them working on their own. Um, and then tomorrow, I think our team is going to basically take all the different components we've been working on and try and shove them together. So we'll nice. see how that goes. But uh, yeah, we got a, We got a few people on the team. We got the Chris Hardy, who used to be a Xamarin podcast host on the team. So pretty excited about that. Yeah, we should get the Chris back on sometime. You know, he he has a he has a very smooth smooth voice. I like that. He's got a good a good radio voice. Well, he was the original British host before Mike, and now we have no Brits on the on the show. And I mean, our our accent, my Midwestern accent, your Southern Southern slang over there is is pretty pretty great, but it is no British at all. So one cool tool that I am super excited about, and we've ha- actually had the creator of this tool on the Xamarin podcast. I'm really excited about this thing called Infractor. 
So Infractor basically, I'm building an app. Let's let's just let's just go in the and talk about it from the perspective of building an app. So I'm building out an app. I'm in my XAML. I'm using Xamarin Forms. Maybe I'm using Xamarin Android or something like that. I'm building out my application, but there's all these different things that I have to do as a developer that really aren't on their own actually that terrible. But as you build out a, a, a complete application and as you spend your entire day, you know, building out something. They really add up and all the, all these tools that while on their own for one operation may not seem like a big deal, like maybe ReSharper, the reason that developers use them is because over time, these productivity gains you get are just so massive. And so Infractor is a productivity extension for Visual Studio for Mac. And essentially what it does is it's going to make building out your UI with XAML or AXML amazing. So you can do things like when I'm typing out uh, my view, rather than jumping back over to view model, oh, I forgot to create this property. Oh, I forgot, you know, my maybe I typed some some bad XAML or something like that. It'll actually like auto create properties in my view model. I can build out view models from a UI I've already built. It'll detect and fix issues in my XAML. Uh, it can even gener- generate XAML code snippets. So it can do a whole bunch of random stuff that's just amazing. As an app developer, I'm spending a lot of my time in a XAML file because I'm a Xamarin Forms developer. And all these different things that Infractor can do, it's just, it's really hard to list them all. But if you go to infractor.com, you can see them all. And there's just a whole bunch of random things. And you're like, oh, I wish, you know, maybe I could create a view model from this. You can just right click and do that. Yeah, it's pretty cool because Visual Studio for Mac is already has tons of great refactoring and IntelliSense tools and things like that. And since it's powered by Roslyn, it's really easy to extend. So if you've ever extended anything in Roslyn for Visual Studio 2017, you know, Visual Studio for Mac has that same extensibility model. So you're able to create these you know, tools on top of, of Roslyn. So analyzing and, and bring in things. So there's a lot of little cool things inside of here, which I really like. And uh, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, just to see not only a, a tool like this for Visual Studio for Mac, but to start to see the broader ecosystem evolve around it. Now, I will say something, Pierce, that I wish that we even had some better tooling around in some some fashion, but we're getting better and better, and it's a lot faster, is support for the brand new, you know, newer Android support libraries and Google Play services. And I wrote uh, about a week and a half ago or so a blog post called Mastering Android Support Libraries. I not only did a blog post on it, but I also did a, a Xamarin Show video on it uh, to, to kind of walk developers through upgrading your Android support libraries. And this is super important because as Android continues to evolve and continues to come out with new versions, um, essentially the Android support libraries continue to update. And it's really important to keep them up to date. And there's really nothing holding you back from doing that, uh, no matter if you're using Xamarin Native or Xamarin Forms for development because you're able to upgrade those NuGet packages as long as you know how to do it and have the correct SDKs and have the correct settings. Um, because you have to flip a few bits for NuGet to let you install these. So in this blog post, I just don't tell you how to upgrade. I'll tell you exactly how and why, and you should do it, uh, how the support libraries work, and of course, link to documentation. And of course, I had John Dick on the show a few months back talking about the same exact thing. And this is actually what led to this blog post is we're like, man, someone, we really need to, we keep explaining to it over and over again. It's very complicated, especially if you're brand new. Like I've been doing this for six years, so I fully understand things. But at the same time, you know, it's hard for a new developer coming in to say, oh, well, this is what File New gave me and I'm just going to do this. And then all of a sudden, you know, I bring in some other package and it gets all confused or it won't install for some reason. So this blog post will walk you through every single step along the way. So if you have ever had any issues with the Android support libraries, 
anything like that. This is a great blog post to uh, to uh, to browse through. Big fan. Yeah, and recently Xamarin Forms. Well, I guess it wasn't that recently. It was in the last couple months. Xamarin Forms removed that hard cap of uh, support library 23.3, I believe. Mm -hmm. And so if you've been trying to use like, you know, some of the newer packages that are dependent on newer support libraries, you were kind of like hung out to dry a little bit. So if you haven't updated those those support libraries in your Xamarin Forms apps, uh, this is a good blog post to do it. Um, because like you said, I mean, it's not even just new developers. For me as an iOS developer and a Xamarin Forms developer, I don't sometimes even really fully understand what's happening with the support libraries. So having this blog post to walk through, having lots of resources on developer.xamarin.com. I think you, you mentioned a podcast about it. So having these different resources, even though you may be a Xamarin Forms developer, it's definitely really important to understand exactly what's happening on the platform specific level as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's always super important to get down into the nitty gritty and get it going. Yeah, so uh, another cool thing, I mean, we're all about Visual Studios, all about it on Windows and Mac. Um, and one of our colleagues, Mayor, wrote a blog post on installing Visual Studio 2017 made easy. And in Visual Studio 2017, it's already really easy to install um, because you have this workloads-based concept. Um, so I can go in, I can say, hey, I, you know, I want to do mobile development in .NET. I want to maybe do a little web dev. Just click those things. It installs in like 30 minutes. It's amazing. Um, so it's already really, really easy to install. But we know that often uh, network... Uh, stuff is a is a big issue. If you're not on a fast network, uh, then it can be problematic, even with the new installer to actually get going with Visual Studio 2017. Or maybe you're you know doing a dev days, you have some uh, a conference you're hosting or some sort of workshop. It's not always easy on the sorts of uh, of connections to get Visual Studio up and running. And so he wrote a really good blog post on how exactly to take the Visual Studio installer and actually do an online offline install for that. So you can go ahead and download all the contents for an offline install, put that on a USB stick and uh, and help people get up and installed. Because I remember at one of my workshops, I think my workshop at Ignite, everyone was like, you know, you send out the instructions beforehand and you're like, hey, make sure, make sure you follow these. And then everyone turns up and they're like, what do I do? How do I install? And then, you know, the first two hours of the workshop spent installing over a really terrible conference Wi-Fi. So Having this as a resource on how to exactly to get Xamarin installed uh, via the offline install, super useful. Yeah, this is really nice. And like you said, I think the big use case here is definitely going to be for hackathons and dev days and user groups and conferences when you do pre-conferences. So every single one, anyone out there, if you know anyone that's ever done this or you've you know, make sure you send them this blog post because yeah, it's like it's nice because now you can just have USB sticks. And you can just be like, hey, go, here you go, install Visual Studio. Here's everything that you need. And actually, there's just a few commands that you just simply send, and then it just downloads everything else. And yeah, I got to say that it, it's a, it's a, like at home for me, it's not a big deal because I have super, super fast internet. But when you're on conference Wi Fi, it's not a, not quite a fun story at all. So, so that's pretty awesome. I really like that. Now, getting away from some of the news of just core Xamarin development, I wanted to talk a little bit about Mobile Center. Now, we haven't talked about Mobile Center too often on the show, but Mobile Center is is a brand new offering from Microsoft and for developers for continuous everything is what they say, but continuous uh, integration, builds, delivery, uh, analytics, and crash reporting for your mobile applications, no matter what language they're built in. And they have great support for iOS, Android, and UWP. And I gotta say, Pierce, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit it for the first time. I built and shipped my very first app using Mobile Center. Wow, uh, which is pretty cool. 
mostly because I had a UWP application. And I just said, well, I don't want to manage my own certs and I don't want to have to go through VSTS, which is still lovely, but I don't want to have all these different build things. I said, let me just give this, let me just give this a try, right? Let me just, let me just give it another try because uh, Mobile Center is still in preview today and, and, and I've used it since way before public preview and I've always been building samples and demos. But I said, let me just, you know, this is an easy project. It's a single solution. It's just got simple apps. It doesn't, you know, I'm not running command line things. I'm not restoring 100 nougats. I'm not shipping all over the place. Let me see what what it does. And it doesn't do everything that I want it to do, but it does quite a bit and in, in gets me to the point where I can package, ship, and download, and then upload to the stores. Um, and that was pretty cool because the UWP stuff, I just really didn't want to do on my machine. I was just, I didn't, it's just been a while. And I go, the certs and the certification. And actually, ship. I have an app for called plugins for Xamarin that you can get on each app store, at least Android and UWP right now. And you can you can sample a bunch of the, the apps. And that was built and distributed via Mobile Center. But they've come out with some new things. Uh, specifically, they have brand new public distribution groups, which is really cool because you and I, Pierce, we've used Hockey App for a long time to distribute apps. And uh, Mobile Center will just, you know, you can easily, you could always easily distribute your apps to like your internal testers, but now you can have public distribution groups, which I think is super cool. Also, the, one of the really cool things about Mobile Center is DevOps, at least for me, was always a little bit scary. You mentioned VSTS, which is super, super powerful, but definitely can be a little overwhelming at first. And one of the cool things I like about Mobile Center is you got DevOps, it's literally clicks. And you don't have to be a DevOps pro, you don't have to be really into managing all this stuff. If you're just a developer and you also have to do a little bit of DevOps on the side for your team, Mobile Center is pretty awesome because all the you don't have to do all the management and stuff like that. It's literally just clicking around and you have DevOps, right? So pretty cool. Go I really ahead. like that's a good point. And I think as it evolves, hopefully they see some integration back and forth with VSTS is because it sits on top of it, right? So All right, so diving into two applications, uh, we're going to try and do this a little bit more. We're going to talk about some apps that are made with Xamarin because people always ask us when we're you know, doing conferences, user groups, whatever. Natural question to ask is this is cool, but uh, who are some people building apps with Xamarin? So I think in the podcast it'd be good to talk about that. So last week we talked about a, a few cool uh, case studies of apps that were built with Xamarin, including the Minnesota Twins. Pretty mm-hmm. cool. Uh, this week we have two new case studies, uh, one from Urban Refuge, which is a humanitarian organization, and they built an app with Xamarin Forms. So wh- what exactly is Urban Refuge? So Urban Refuge is an app for urban refugees. Essentially what it does is if I'm a refugee, I can go and I can find places like charities, medical clinics, schools, community orgs. Uh, I can find basically all the resources I would need as a, as a refugee who's been displaced. I'm in a totally new place. I don't know where to go. This app can help me find resources for help. Uh, and at first I was like, it seems a little weird that that they would build out a mobile application for refugees. Um, but actually the research suggests that the majority of refugees now actually have mobile devices. That's a really cool example of an app built with Xamarin Forms, and that was actually built by some college students. That's really, really cool. Uh, over here at Boston University, uh, right down the street from our office. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, that's pretty, it's a pretty awesome, uh, cool, cool story just to hear about like the other things that the developers are making and, you know, helping people in the world. There's a really good video that it links to, too, in the bottom. It's about a two-minute video just telling you all about Urban Refugee and and actually their mission and and how the apps kind of uh, help development, stuff like that, which is super cool. Uh, On the flip side, uh, there's, of course, a lot of commerce applications built 
with Xamarin too. We've had multiple case studies over the years of, of different uh, stores that you probably shop at often uh, and that are building applications and building out their, their presence on mobile devices with Xamarin. And uh, if you play the guitar or, you know, anything else in the in the musical um, sphere there of, you know, needing speakers and guitars and things like that, you may know of this little company called Guitar Center, which is, is one of the largest stores for, you guessed it, um, microphones. No, I'm just kidding. For guitars. And uh, and they built out a full brand new iOS and Android application. It looks really, really great. Uh, in Xamarin Forms, actually, is sharing like 95 percent of code or something like that across all the different uh, applications that they're building and they've been just getting super great reviews on it so it really was able to essentially build out their mobile presence to actually bring their entire store into mobiles um, and actually you know do checkout right from there and they can download the app search for guitars everything that they need so you can not only shop but you can find stores get into your account everything that you would expect from a, a beautiful app you know it's all structured in mvbm and they use a bunch of different uh, awesome services that we have here uh, at Microsoft, um, which is really cool, and including Hockey App and, and things like that, which is pretty great. So it's kind of a nice little win to see these app types of applications being built. And one that is actually near and dear to my heart, we don't have a case study on per se, but uh, Miguel tweeted, and I I had a tweet earlier this week. Uh, if you go to my Twitter account, let me see here. Um, it was pretty funny because it's not like a public announcement or anything like that, but I guess it's public on here, but my, my tweet had 169 retweets and like 700 stars. But, uh, I said, I said it was an amazing, this is July 19th. So a few days ago, I said, what an amazing day, a childhood dream has come true. Nintendo is officially using my software in their apps, which is cool. I downloaded the brand new Nintendo switch online application to do voiceover I uh, voiceover IP when uh, playing Splatoon and a few other games. And essentially they're using uh, a bunch, they're using Xamarin and Xamarin Forms for the application. I don't know who built it, if it was Nintendo Core or someone else, I don't really have any knowledge there. But what's cool is that they're using a bunch of plugins for Xamarin, they're using Hockey App, and that was in the screenshot, which I thought was really cool, and a bunch of other libraries, I think Skiasharp and Lottie and, and a bunch of other ones, which is really cool to see um then build it out uh in general so well it's not like a case study or anything cool but it was in the how we found out is that we went and went into the um open source like licenses uh that were in there and, and usually a lot of developers a lot of big companies will list all the open source um libraries that they were using and all of their licenses so all mine under mit so they don't actually have to but um, it's nice that they did so my name is literally in the app which is super cool that's pretty amazing and i know that that must be pretty cool for you because you're all about that Nintendo life. So that's got to be like a dream come true to you to have software that you've made shipping inside this the Switch app. Yeah, it's it's a pretty cool feeling. I mean, it was it was one of those things where I know they're they're using a few a few of them uh, here and there, and it was it's always cool. I always said during a lot of my conferences, I said I, I said I bet you're using I bet you have a Xamarin app on your phone and you don't even know. Um, because yeah. why would you know? You know, it's still just a native application at the end of the day. So I thought that's kind of, kind of super cool, and uh, that now a whole bunch of people are going to be doing voiceover IP and using the Switch and using some 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 Xamarin, Xamarin apps, which I think is cool. So in uh, Xamarin release news, we shipped a new preview. Uh, so that like a, we've talked about previously, the the versioning is a little confusing now, um, but essentially uh, within the Visual Studio release cycle, there's like these, there's the number, which is, in this case is 15, and then there's these dot, there's a dot, and then there's another number. And 
so right now we're on 15.3. Uh, when 2017 came out, we were on 15.0. And these ship about every uh, six to eight weeks. And basically they're big work, big chunks of work. So whereas previously we had like cycles, we now have this. And so right now, uh, 15.2 is unstable. That was the build release. And 15.3 is kind of the follow-up to build. So it's got a lot of bug fixes, performance work, and stuff like that. I definitely recommend trying out these previews. Um, there's really not a lot of risk because they're actually basically sandbox. So if you install Visual Studio 2017 stable, you install Visual Studio 2017 preview, uh, they're sandbox environments. So you can actually try both of them out. It's not like before with Xamarin where you had you know 2015, you have the updater channels. And in Visual Studio, sometimes you go to alpha and you come back to stable and maybe there's some residual effects from being in alpha. Uh, this is completely sandbox environments. They're in completely different folders. So you can actually go ahead and give the preview a try. And one really cool thing that you can do to help us out or if you hit issues is to actually just report feedback. Um, so you can do that via help report a problem. And one really cool about, thing about this is, you know, filing bugs, not fun. This actually is awesome because it's going to automatically upload all of your reproduction steps to get to the issue that you had. If, uh, if there was like a performance issue or something like that, it'll upload diagnostic logs, all those Xamarin logs and everything like that. So if you have any issues, that's the preferred way to report a problem in Visual Studio. And it's really streamlined, going to have all the information we're going to need. And we're going to have to do that annoying thing of, hey, this is this is a great bug report, but we need a little bit more information. So that's a really cool thing that's actually built into Visual Studio. And then another cool thing we're really excited about on a more exciting note, perf and stability is fun, but uh, so are new APIs. James, we got some iOS 11s for you. Yes, it totally actually happened. Uh, happened. I think developers have been asking and waiting for a little bit. And we actually had these a few weeks ago. Actually, we have a, an email distribution where you can get like, you know, um, emails on. And uh, specifically, though, you can also follow the work in open source. Everything that we do is open source, by the way. So when you go to the iOS stuff, you could actually be building our bindings along the way, which is kind of cool if you need them immediately like some really early early ones so what's kind of cool there is that um you're actually i was talking to someone else like uh, frank kruger he like grabbed like the, the pre 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 stuff and he was just like building stuff and i was like whoa that's crazy because i didn't even didn't even think of it but he's like yeah they're all there like all the bindings are there i was like that's right they're all they all are there you know and uh what was cool about that is that he was able to do a bunch of samples and AR kit and a bunch of other stuff, which is really, really rad. So, um, but it's kind of cool that we're out. We have uh, official pre-release um, samples that, and, and 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 downloads that you can get. Uh, this is we'll use Xcode nine beta three. You will get iOS eleven bindings, Mac OS ten point thirteen support as well. Uh, in there, so you get all the new APIs and things like that. And we have guides uh, on the release blog on how to get the latest previews. For Visual Studio Mac, it's a little bit easier. For Visual Studio 2017, it's a little, little bit, yeah, a little bit of work to do to, to get this set up on, on your machine. But they're both available, which is super cool. Uh, and yeah, you can go grab the installer and, and, and get it done, which is which is crazy. And there's even a way to get back, right? So I think, like you said, these are sandbox, so just like. 2017 15.3 preview four, um, you can grab this as well. So there's ways of getting the updater and installer. It's just a, a simple 13 steps, no, no big deal. But uh, it's, it's pretty cool that you have them, you're good to go. And you can start messing around with ARKit and CoreML and a bunch of other stuff, which is really cool. Yeah, and one important thing to note 
is this is a web preview. In this first preview, basically what we want to promise is we're, we've started all these APIs that you've wanted, to, you've been itching to play around with, like James said, like Coromel, ARKit, all that stuff. We wanted to get a web preview out for that immediately. So we already had it on GitHub, but sadly that's not always the most public place. So we did a little web preview action um, and this is gonna have some minimal support for Xcode 9. So you'll be able to actually build projects against that, use the new APIs, that sort of thing. Um, there are some things that may not work, you know, obviously perfect. Uh, so like things like the designer and things like that may not work, you know, splendid on stuff as, because this is a web preview. This is the first web preview for iOS 11. So that's just something to keep in mind. And as James said, if you have that Visual Studio preview instance installed, uh, this is a great place to install it into because uh, if anything goes wrong, it's in the preview instance, you can just repair it. It doesn't affect your stable environment in any way. Um, so I know today I was going to play around as part of this hackathon we were talking about earlier. I got to play around with a little bit of the iOS 11 uh, stuff for moments. So I got I to gotta figure out which APIs I can integrate, but I'm sure there's going <laughs> to there be go. some. There you go. Yeah, it should be quite fun, quite interesting to yeah, actually get this up and running and, and try out. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Um, what else do we got? We have, you know, I, I actually did a, a session recently. Uh, at our some of our internal conferences, but also some some on the Xamarin show on Channel Nine uh, about Visual Studio for Mac, and I think a lot of people, I mean, I think a lot of Xamarin developers will be used to some of the layout and features in Visual Studio for Mac, but a lot of developers may be new uh, to Visual Studio for Mac or might be brand new to Xamarin, so it might be the first thing they're doing. So I have a series of of kind of getting started vid- videos, like installing, setting up your preferences, and. And, and getting around Visual Studio for Mac and source control and things like that. But there's actually, when you install these previews, so we still have a stable a beta and alpha channel, there's some really cool new features that are baked right in. So not only do you have full support for all the .NET standard libraries and .NET Core and ASP.NET Core, but they've actually added some brand new preview features of Azure Functions. So you can actually bring down your Azure Functions and debug them locally which is really cool. I'm gonna do a personal blog post on this later or somewhere I'm gonna put a blog post on how to get it all set up and actually running because it actually works pretty good, especially if you're doing the HTTP post and you can just test everything local. But they've also added um, Docker support. So if you're doing ASP.NET core work, you can right click add Docker support and you can actually push it completely up to the Azure. So you, you create your image. I had to learn a lot about Docker peers to, to actually be able to explain this in a session. So. And people can correct me on Twitter. That's fine at James Montemagno. And you can create your image local and you can debug it local too. So instead of just like deploying a website, it's all bundled up and you create this like package, this image that has your actual application in it. And in this instance, it kind of creates like a little Linux image. And then what's cool is that you can publish it directly to the registry container, a registry container service of your choice. So things like Docker Hub, people might be used to, but we have our own which is called Azure Container Registry, which is cool. And you can just simply right click and say publish. And instead of publishing it and deploying to like a um, app service Linux machine, it'll actually publish it into the Azure Registry Container, the image, and then it'll deploy that image um, into that app service. So then you can just you know deploy images, which is really cool, um, which I'd never done and it totally worked. And I was, I was blown away that it totally worked, which is really cool. Um, in there. And, and and it's kind of interesting just because Visual Studio for uh, Mac continues to evolve, right? Uh, which is really nice. And uh, at the same time, 
Um, it's also adding other workloads such as Unity support too. And inside of the brand new version of Unity, you can select Visual Studio uh, as your core editor. And you can do things like debug your applications. Um, you can get full C-sharp support, C-sharp 6, C-sharp 7 support inside of it, which is really cool. And the Visual Studio, the, the, the Unity tools for Visual Studio team that have been doing all the great work over on Visual Studio for um, 20, Visual Studio 2017 have brought a lot of that work into Visual Studio for Mac. So it's the same team that is working on both of them. So pretty cool. Um, just to see kind of more and more workloads. Yeah, and I think we when we launched Visual Studio for Mac, we said it was a mobile first cloud first IDE. And I think you're starting to see more and more of that come to fruition over time. Like you said, with all these new previews and stuff like that. I mean, mobile is obviously a lot. A big part of that is apps, and that's where Xamarin comes in. And then you mentioned Unity, uh, which is pretty cool. The debugging support there is awesome. I know Unity developers have been using, like, until recently, they were using a really old uh, .NET, really old Mono, and uh, they were using Mono Develop instead of uh, instead of Xamarin Studio or even Visual Studio for Mac. And now you have that that awesome integration into Visual Studio for Mac. So that's a mobile side, and then. You mentioned some of the cool stuff on the cloud side. And one of my favorite things about Visual Studio for Mac that we've talked about in the past is, is this multi-process debugging. So you can take these different workloads and you can debug between them uh, seamlessly, which is really how you do development because development's not really done in isolation anymore. You have a backend, you have something you're hitting. And being able to debug in and out of all these different processes while debugging them at the same time is, is pretty amazing. So you know what time it is, James. Do you know? What, what time is it? I don't even know. I'm a little, ready. A little time for the package or tool of the podcast. My favorite package segment. Package of the podcast. Um, so what's your what's your tool of the podcast or package of the podcast? Oh, my goodness. Um, so this week, uh, I actually had Vittorio on the Xamarin show. He's going to be in an upcoming episode. And we talked a little Microsoft Authentication Library, or MSAL, if you will, which essentially is a single library that allows you to authenticate from cross-platform for iOS, Android, and Windows to your Microsoft account, to Azure AD, or to Azure B2C, all from one package. It handles all the refresh tokens for you. It's all cross-platform. Uh, and he demoed out a little application, a little Xamarin Forms application of logging in, grabbing stuff from the graph, and logging out. And it was really cool. I mean, it's come a long way, and uh, it's it's a nice library. I get this question all the time. I need to authenticate with Azure AD, and I need to, or this or that. I'm like, this is this is your library, the Microsoft Authentication Library for .NET. Yeah, and the cool thing about it is also that the API is virtually unchanged from ADAL. Uh, so if you're migrating from ADAL to MSAL, there's really not any learning curve. Like the API signatures are virtually the same. I'm, in fact, I'm pretty sure they are the same. So <laughs> yeah. the migration story is pretty easy for those who are already using, you know, ADAL um, instead of instead of MSAL. And I've been using MSAL. I think it's been a preview since build 2016, and at build 2017, it went to 1.0. I've been using it for for B2C. So it's cool that you can do both, you know, the enterprisey stuff. You can log in with AD, you can hit the Microsoft graph, or you can pop over to B2C, do a little do a little social authentication, a little local auth instead. Um, so it's nice that this is the one authentication library to hit all this stuff. So yeah. it's nice to have something that's so easy because I know you and me both have spent a lot of time and pain dealing with refresh tokens for all these various services and web APIs and stuff and having that built in. That's 
for me, that's like the feature that that is most amazing because I like having to figure out for each particular service what the refresh scenario is and how exactly to refresh and all that. Not even having to worry about that is just absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What about you, Pierce? What do you got? got a little fast lane action going on for my mm. for my tool of the podcast. Uh, so if you don't know what fast lane is, um, so that it, it, it's actually many many things that are kind of all in one. Uh, but what it's most known for is making profile and certificate management easy uh, for iOS development. So we actually have integration with this. It's a command line tool, but we have integration for it directly in Visual Studio for Mac. Uh, we talked about it previously on the Xamarin podcast. So literally, I can. Uh, assuming I already have an iOS Apple developer account previously, you have this awesome like graph that I love that I stole and for one of my presentations that shows like the current like flow to actually get everything set up so that I can deploy to a device. And it's absolutely absurd. And actually, like if you know what you're doing, it takes like 15, 20 minutes, right? And uh, so now if you have an iOS developer account, it's like, you know, five clicks in Visual Studio for Mac. You know, sign in my team, like generate a signing identity, generate a profile, uh, a provisioning profile, you know, provision my device, add it to this provisioning profile. It's literally clicking. I don't have to deal with the awful, um, the awful developer center or anything like that. Mixing and matching all these different certificates. So that's what it's most known for, but it does a whole bunch of other stuff too, which I'm pretty excited about. So it actually can automate taking localized screenshots of your iOS app on all these different devices. So that's pretty cool. It can do some, um, some upload to the app store. I don't know that I'd use it for that. I'd rather just do it manually and make sure I do it right. But it can do some really cool other stuff around iOS uh, certs and profiles as well. So one thing that I often also get asked when I'm talking about iOS development, you're talking about all these you know, certs and provisioning profiles and things like that. It's really, really difficult across an entire org to actually manage, okay, are we all using the same stuff? Like, are we all good to go? Um, so they have this really cool thing called Match, and essentially what that'll do is it'll sync my certs and profiles across my entire team. So if I have a dev team and we're building out an application, we need to be using the same certs and the same provisioning profiles for our whole team. And this Fastlane service will actually just sync them across all of our different developers using Git. Um, so that's a pretty amazing service if you're working on a, in a team or a distributed team and building out iOS applications. No, no more do you have to like you know, jump into keychain, figure out what the heck is going on in your device, uh, on your machine. You can just use a simple command line tool and, and you're all set. I love it. I love it. I love that it's starting to get integrated too, uh, which is, which is really nice. So if you're not, you know, a command line person, you can just get in there and start to, to use it without, you know, just part of the tooling, which is nice and start to automate that process. Cool. Anything else you got, Pierce? No, I'm boring. And it's the morning, James. And the morning means that Pierce is still waking up. It is the morning. Um, so I only I, had two or three cups of coffee, so I need to go make some more. That is absolutely for sure. Um, Pierce, where can the people find you? People can find me on Twitter at Pierce Bogan. And then uh, on GitHub, if you're interested on the work I'm doing uh, for moments or anything else, um, I ha also have some cool stuff on uh, building smarter applications with some of the cognitive services stuff that's pretty cool. Uh, you can find all that on GitHub at Pierce Bogan as well. Awesome. And you can find me everywhere on the internet at James Montemagno. That's on Twitter. That's on GitHub. If you like podcasts, because you're literally listening to this podcast as we speak, you can also listen to my other weekly podcast that I do with my good friend Frank Kruger. It's called Merge Conflict. You can go to mergeconflict.fm. And of course, subscribe to that. Listen to it. We do all things in the in the scope of just development, .NET development, mobile development, you name it, you think of it, we talk about it. Uh, we love it. So uh, we love you. And we cannot wait to hear from you 
on what you think about the Xamarin Podcast, go to xamarinpodcast.com. You can leave comments on the shows. You can also contact us by hitting the contact button. Until next time, I'm James, he's Pierce, and this has been the Xamarin Podcast. <laughs>